This is the Equip Podcast from Cornerstone Church of Ames, a podcast designed to help you live a gospel-fueled and faithful life wherever Jesus has called you. Welcome to the Equip Podcast. This week, we are talking about navigating through change. Specifically, we're talking about leadership, change, and grief. Now, that actually may sound a little bit odd here to connect change and grieving and all of that. But here's the big idea of today. I think that a lot of people, when they think about what it means to be a leader or to lead people through change, they are actually confusing leadership with decision making. So what I mean in that is this. Certainly, good leaders need to make good decisions. That's critical. But just as critical as it is in your life to make a good decision, being a good leader means you take the time to walk people through the emotional, spiritual, and psychological process they go through to embrace change. Specifically, the observation of today with leadership change and grief is centrally this. People embrace changes like people go through stages of grief. So, if you have people in your life looking at any sort of major change, this could be if you're a leader as a parent or as a business owner, you could be a leader in your family or in your community. If you have a person in front of you looking at a major change in their life, they will almost definitely not like instantly jump to, oh yeah, I'm super excited about that change. Instead, they will go through the process of accepting that change the way people go through the process of grieving. And so a wise leader, if you will put it in your head, the person in front of me is walking through this change and they're grieving it, then you will have wisdom for how to walk with people through those changes. So that's the big idea, leadership, change, and grief. People embrace changes the way people walk through the stages of grief. So now let's kind of dive in here and unpack this just a little bit. The framework biblically I want in your head is actually out of a really famous passage, Psalm 23. So many of us know Psalm 23, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He makes me to lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside still waters for his name's sake. Even though I go through the valley, the shadow of death, I won't fear because God is with me. You know, most people right now, I'm recording this podcast in April of 2020, so we're going through a major social change right now as Americans in the coronavirus. In other words, most of us are going through a valley moment right now. Now, praise God, He is with us in the valley. That's our ultimate hope. That's where we rest. God's with us in the valley. But most people, what I find is they're like, yeah, I was in a green pasture over here, and I really liked the grass in the green pasture. I was eating it. God was my good shepherd. I was enjoying that. Now, he's taking me into this valley, but I'm sure that I'm going to go through this valley and go right back to that green pasture. So, I want you to notice what most people think about when they hit a time of crisis and change. They don't think God is leading me from where I was in the green pasture through the valley to a new place. Most people in the middle of crisis are thinking this, how do I get out of the valley and back to the green pasture that I liked as soon as humanly possible? That means they are not thinking, how is it that I can get through the valley to the new place God is going. Most people aren't thinking in a change mindset. They're thinking in a get back to normal mindset. How do I get out of the valley and back into the green pastures that I liked? 
So wise leadership is actually not about getting people back to the green pasture they were in. It's about walking them through the valley with God present to the new green pasture that he's calling them to. God didn't take you in the valley to take you back to where you were. He took you through the valley to take you where he wants you to go. That means we have to have some wisdom in how we walk people through the valley. Now, getting there, the insight I have is that leading people through that valley moment, you have to walk them through the stages of grieving that change. That insight, I was first exposed to it in a book called Leading Major Change in Your Ministry by Jeff York. I want to read you a couple quick quotes from this book. It was so helpful to me. This is off page 58. He writes this, when people feel profound loss, they go through stages or phases of grief. These have been defined and described in different ways by psychologists, ranging from five to eight different aspects of the process of grieving. Many pastors have learned about managing grief in the context of helping people cope with serious illness or death. But wise leaders will learn this breakthrough insight. Going through a major change in the accompanying sense of personal loss produces a very similar process of grief. He skips forward. So let's talk about the processes of grief. He says, you can roughly identify the stages or phases of grief as shock, anger, denial, bargaining, exploration, and adjustment. I'm going to say those again. Shock, anger, denial, bargaining, exploration, and adjustment. When people go through that process of grief, just so that we are clear here, they rarely go through them as stage one, then stage two, then stage three. They're not steps. They don't experience them as steps. Instead, they kind of hop in and out and skip around to various phases, all while they go through the process of exploring their grief. Now, here's the observation that York gives. That same process people go through in grieving, they also go through in embracing any major change in life. So let's, let's play that out. Okay, shock, denial, anger, bargaining, exploration, adjustment, and then the final phase I call embracing the new change. Let's apply those stages of that embracing of change process to a high school senior who, let's say, your mom and dad, and you are walking your high school senior through the news that they are not likely to get to experience the second half of their senior year of high school. Right? They had all these plans with their friends. We're going to go on, like in my second half of my senior year, we had our senior year spring break trip to Washington, D.C. That was canceled. They have the parties, the graduation parties that they're looking forward to with their friends. They have walking across the stage to get the diploma, right, in a room that is packed full, right, of their friends and family members and all of these dreams. Every one of those things was in their head, and you just got the news, School is canceled for the rest of the year. It's all online. What is your high school senior going to do? Well, first, they're going to go be shocked and then deny it. Shock goes like, what are you talking about? What are you, what are you talking about schools online? Denial. There's no way they can do that. We'll be back in school by May. They're going to have to reverse that decision, or at least they're going to have to hold a high school graduation ceremony. Everybody has to do that. Of course they're going to do that. So they're going to deny the reality they're feeling. That denial will often be accompanied with anger. Why would they do this to me? And, and 
Anger often will not be directed, by the way, at the source of the pain, but at the person who's communicating it. So if you're a mom and dad and you bring them the news, they're going to be angry at you. Why would you do this to me? And you're going to think, I didn't do anything to you. Just a, a side note here. Arguing with irrational anger is irrational. Arguing with irrational anger is irrational. You're not going to get anywhere with that. Next, they're going to go to bargaining. Well, okay, maybe we won't have a senior ceremony with everybody in there, but at least grandma and grandpa and all of my best friends will be able to come over for this. Finally, they'll start to explore it. Okay, okay, what does this actually look like? Well, maybe maybe I can do it online some, and I, I, there's still ways to communicate with my friends. They will adjust to the new thing. And then finally, there's an embrace. Embrace does not have to mean everything about this is right or good or beautiful or easy. Embrace means I begin to find the positive out of any situation where I am in. So in an embrace stage, your high school senior goes, honestly, it's not what I would have wanted, but here's three things that were positive. Here's three ways I grew as a person. That's what embracing is. Embracing isn't masking over the pain of the past. It's actually learning that even painful moments produce good things. So if you have a high school senior going through their senior year being canceled, or you have in my case a third grader who I had to walk through that we are not going to Florida on spring break, or you have a person who's a member of your church who just lost their job, or you're going to have friends who they have family members and coworkers who are sick with COVID-19, and they're trying to figure out what that people who are looking at an economic uncertainty that could last for years, for the wise leader, what you're realizing in this moment is they are going to embrace this, not in moment, but in stages, not in a moment, but in stages. And you're going to see those stages look like the stages of grieving, shock, denial, anger, bargaining, exploration, adjustment, and embrace. Now, what's some wisdom that can help you whether you're a parent or a business owner in whatever place you have that God's given you leadership, how can you walk through that with wisdom? So here's a couple of just helpful hints. Hint number one, do not judge people for their first reaction to the news of change. Do not judge people on their first reaction. If you have to communicate the news that high school graduation is canceled, and your high schooler responds with anger and denial, and you're like, what are you doing? I need you to have a mature reaction right now. You're wrong, not them. Don't judge people for their first reactions. Slow down and let people be people. Don't judge people by their first reaction. Here's, what ha- here's the nature of leadership. The nature of leadership means you are ahead of the pack. Therefore, you are ahead of people in your processing. So can I just give you a word? Do not expect people in the 60 seconds after you've communicated to them to embrace what God has been teaching you over hours and days and weeks. Give people the time to actually acclimate to the news. You will be ahead of people as a leader. So can we just slow down as leaders and not make a moral judgment about people's character based on how quickly they assimilate the news of change? They will be slow, and that is not necessarily a sign of ungodliness. It's a sign of humanity. 
So let's love people through that. That's hint number one. Don't judge people for their first reaction. Hint number two, give it some time, okay? Give it some time. People will feel their way through change before they will think their way through change. And so time doesn't force people to move faster than they can to embrace the change that they just heard about. So give it time means if you're thinking through these steps, shock, denial, anger, bargaining, exploration, adjustment, embrace, that's not going to happen in three minutes if you're talking about a major life change. It might happen over weeks. It might happen over months. In fact, there still might be lingering six months from now in your high schooler actually some real hurt and anger over that they didn't get a walk across the graduation stage. And a wise leader will both give it time and give it grace. You'll feel it with people. You won't try to change their feeling. You'll enter into their feeling by entering into their feeling with empathy. That's what it means, by the way, when God says he's with us in the valley. It means he's not necessarily trying in the moment in the valley to make us feel what we don't feel. He's with us in the feeling. He's hearing our pain. So I want to I urge you as a leader that when you're walking people through change, it's almost definitely not the time to try to convince them they should be feeling something different. It's the time to feel it with them. It's the time to grow in empathy and patience and love. Because leadership isn't just telling people where they need to go. It's not just about making great decisions. It's helping navigate people through the emotional, spiritual, and psychological process it will take for them to embrace the change that God is leading them into. So right now, where you're hearing this, here's what I want you to think about. Where is the place that God has given you a responsibility of leadership? This might be you're a mom at home with kids. You're a dad at home with kids, and you're trying to figure out your way through at-home schooling that you're realizing is lasting longer than you hoped. And so you have to navigate your children, your third grader, your sixth grader, not just to get their homework done, but through the emotional, spiritual, and psychological process to embrace that we're not going back into school anytime soon. How are you going to do that? What is Well, you're going to have to feel it with them. You're going to have to think through, what would denial look like? I don't want to do my homework. I don't have to read every day. I'm going to be fine when I go back. Okay, that's a denial of reality. And so I might just be saying this through the, you know, airwaves to my own children. You guys have to do your reading. You have to do your reading or you'll be fall behind. You won't be able to read and you'll get left out of school and end up a loser in the rest of your life. Okay, no, that may not be true. Okay, that may not be the wisest thing you hear today. (laughs) But you will have to have the conversation with your third grader who doesn't want to do reading at home because that's what you do at school. How do you navigate them through that process of embracing it? Maybe you're a business owner. Maybe you're a manager at work and you've had to see people furloughed or laid off and you're dreading how to have that conversation and how to walk people through that. How, what are you going to do to navigate people through the grieving process of embracing change? Maybe you're a family, you know, and you're a husband and a wife, and this new normal is not the normal you wanted. How about you give each other some space to realize feeling bad about a bad situation is normal. You're going through the process of grieving the change. So wise leadership 
let's get, go back and kind of summarize today. Wise leadership is not just about telling people where they need to go. It's about walking people through the process of getting there. Wise leadership isn't just about making good decisions. Certainly good decision-making is critical to good leadership. Wise leadership is about empathetically and patiently being present with people, walking with people through the emotional, spiritual, and psychological process of embracing change. Right now, we are in the middle of God leading us from one green pasture through a valley into another green pasture on the other side. And the challenge for leaders is going to be patiently walking with God and with people through that valley to the place where God's taking them and helping them, frankly, to grieve the loss of what was so they can embrace what is on the other side of that valley. A wise leader will recognize that walking with people through these stages of grief That's actually what leadership is all about. Leadership isn't just commanding people forward. Leadership is encouraging people in the battle. Embrace that. Embrace that in whatever place that God has called you so that you'll live faithfully in these difficult places and you'll live fruitfully in leading those around you to embrace the change that God has brought. I'm praying that he'll give us all wisdom in the middle of those moments.